Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're here with Julia live from Sunny Slope. Yes, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on a beautiful morning out here. And it's going to be a great day. Not so hot, but, you know, if you saw next week's forecast, you better enjoy today. It looks like it's going to be quite a pleasant one. It's, you know, kind of cool out this morning. It's below 80 and, uh, you know, only forecast for 102. Perhaps we'll get a little afternoon breeze like we did yesterday, which makes things nice. And this is prime growing season. You know, most of our plants, uh, especially anything native here, but a lot of tropical plants just as much, and a lot of our vegetables even, love this weather. It's cool enough at night for them to get a little rest. It's a long enough day for them to grow a little extra, and they're pretty happy. So if your garden's not happy right now, it might be a good time to give us a call. 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. You know, plants don't really quite need protection from the heat yet, but that's going to happen here soon and we really want to check our irrigation systems make sure we're using our water correctly or maybe in a positive or most useful fashion you know that quote use water wisely does make a lot of sense anyway we start off with wide open phones and you get to the last hour and i end up here for an extra 20 minutes to answer the phones that couldn't get on the air so if you've got a question if you got a suggestion if you have an idea or something fun you're doing different at home if you have a new plant you're growing we need to know about uh, we don't need to know all your secrets, but would love to hear a few. And uh, lots of different ways to care for things, lots of ways to manage our water here in the desert. Um, the one thing we can't do is make any more. Now, Julia was here last year, though, and, and when Julia came, she managed to make more water. You know, she's from New York, and uh, she brought us rain showers. You know, we had a monsoon last summer that uh, where it rained, you know, like 9 out of 11 weeks or something like that. So it was pretty fantastic. So this forecast we have for the end of the week with 100 and uh, you know, 910, that kind of warm weather. You know, that's what could draw the monsoon moisture in from the Gulf of California. So hopefully it works. Usually, you know, three days, much over 110, we'll get some clouds. So we'll see what happens this next week. Anyway, whatever your dreams, your ideas, your fashions, your styles, if you got problems, if you got solutions, if you're growing something different, if you have a fun dog that likes to bark on the telephone, give us a call. 602-277-5827-277-KT. First up this morning, Mike and Chandler. Good morning, Michael. Hey there. How yes, sir. You? Excellent. Thanks for asking. Good. Hey, um, I'm here with my wife, Barbara. She, she's mainly the one that's going to do this little bit of gardening, but she doesn't want to talk to you. So, No, uh, Barbara, you being shy. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. not so sure. You know, we're, uh, we're easy. We have a... Um, She's got an above ground um, planter that we just got. It's it's only like three foot wide by a foot and a half um, deep, mm-hmm. and she's going to try growing something in there. Okay, and um, we, we're going to have a drip to it and everything. But what do we fill it with here in Arizona? How, how deep is your planter, Mike? It's about a foot and a half deep. Okay, so that's plenty of depth. Um, you know, you could use like a pre-made you know, made potting mix soil. You know, they have like gardening soil. It's, it's made like that by the bag, you know, and it's made for gardens. Or you could actually take that, and if you have a soil available, add maybe 30% natural, like a loamy topsoil, regular dirt from your yard. 
And the advantage uh, of you know mixing in like the third soil is you'll use less water and less fertilizer, and that can be advantageous uh, versus having just a you know pre-bagged garden mix which doesn't really contain any soil. And so if you add a little soil to it, you'll get a little more mileage out of it. Okay, so potting the potting mix you mix with about a third. Of regular soil. About a third regular soil. You know, even if it's a clay, if you can blend it really well, it's fine. The, the difference with the soil is you retain more moisture, you retain more fertilizer. Okay, and then, so starting starting the stuff off, Mm-hmm. Um, do you need any kind of other nutrients added? Well, you're going to, if you want to build up your soil and you want your garden to be organic, you know, you could mix in. One one pretty good thing to use, really, is chicken manure, and you can buy pelletized chicken manure. And the nice part about chicken manure is it also has... Um, going to have some phosphorus along with nitrogen. So it's about 3% nitrogen and 4% phosphorus. So that's the two main ingredients you need to add to any one of these to really kind of keep the thing sustained and growing. And the nice part about phosphorus, it helps plants to grow more roots and bloom. Nitrogen helps the cells to expand and for the plant to grow. So they're both kind of critical ingredients. And you can add that right before you plant like a pre-plant process and work it in with the pellets, and that'll work well. Yeah. Okay. And so is there is there a fabric that's needed at the bottom, you know, underneath before you put all the soil in? Well, are you going to put your container, is your garden going to be sitting right on the ground? No, it's not. It's, it's going to be a raised on, garden? You no, know, it's on legs. Okay. On so what kind of a floor yeah. does it have in it? Uh, just uh, like redwood or some kind of wood. But as long uh, as long as it's gapped and it will drain, you really don't need a fabric. Okay, if it's if you just oh. got to make sure that the water is going to drain through your raised garden. So as long as yeah. it drains through and it's porous, yeah. uh, then you don't really need a fabric. If you had a you yeah. know a wire mesh that was a big grate or something, you might use a fabric. But other than that, you shouldn't need to. You know, in this time of year, I hope you're from the south and like okra because that's the easiest thing to plant from seed. But uh, you know, depending on where yeah. you're going to locate it, you know, peppers will last all summer. Eggplants, um, okra is really one if you enjoy it's really quite easy to grow you can plant radishes from seed right now if you wanted to do something from seed um, and it's probably okay. easier to garden this time of year if you put your your you know raised garden on the east side or south side right up against the house okay yep get a little bit of shade there yeah, you'll get some shade, and you'll get some. You know, right now, we basically go into this period where the the south side of the house is shaded for about the next, you know, five or six weeks, and then it goes back into full sun, and gets hotter again. But you yeah. know, hopefully, that's something the heat else, of the summer. Then we have them on soon. Yeah, something else, real quick. Do they make a, a dye that I can spray on my grass so I don't have to water it so much, but it'll look a little bit green? Yeah, you can you can paint you can use green lawn paint. You know, if you want to not water, if you had rye grass right and it's all starting to die right now, and you wanted to not grow yeah. a summer lawn, you can buy lawn paint and paint your rye grass. Okay, and as long as you don't have traffic on it, it'll look like it's, it'll stay green because it's green paint. Yeah. You know, or if you're from okay. Idaho, you could get the blue lawn paint, but the neighbors would think you're a little odd. But, you know, they like, you know, in Boise State, they have that blue paint, you know. So, but, uh, yeah. no, you can okay. uh, you can put lawn paint on and it works. And if you don't want to water your lawn for the summer, um, you know, it's a way to just keep it green. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Roland in Queen Creek. Good morning, Roland. Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. We have acquired a property up in, uh, on the rim. Mm-hmm. It has uh, two cottonwood trees in the backyard. On the, They've been trimmed back like two years ago. 
and now the branches, some of them are weeping midway, not at the end. And uh, on one of them, there's like an 18-inch split in the uh, bark. The bark has just uh, removed itself from the trunk. Is it down low, Roland, with that, on the bark where it's peeled off? No, it's up uh, real close to where they started trimming them back. Okay, like 10 or 12 feet or, or below that? Well, yeah, 12 feet or more, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's not an elk then, in other words. Because the elk like to rub on cottonwood trees, and they'll strip the bark off. But um, yeah. at any rate, you know, the biggest, the best way to, you know, cure a cottonwood tree is give it some water. And they'll grow, and they'll they'll support themselves, and they'll outgrow almost everything. And the native cottonwood trees are different, you know, up at higher elevation than the ones we have down here. But, you know, a lot of different varieties of cottonwoods will do well. And, and the real key is water and fertilizer. So if you'll water them right now, and especially until we get any kind of a monsoon, and if you wanted to give them a shot of fertilizer, they should repair themselves within a month or so. You know, this is the time of year when it's warm enough they're going to really grow. So a little fertilizer. Fertilizer and water will go a long way. Okay, I can do that real easy. One more question. They're sending up shoots from the roots, and uh, is there any way to stop that? Well, I mean, if you know, when you go by Forest Lakes and you look at all the aspens growing out there, those are all like yeah. one the aspens, you know, the ones that kind of look like cottonwoods that grow by Forest Lakes. Those yeah. are basically a community of, of trees that are all grown from one that they spread from the roots, and that's the nature of the way the aspens grow. Okay, and most oftentimes cottonwoods, cottonwoods won't do that, or the Fremontis and most of the varieties. Um, there's a lot of different varieties of cottonwoods, but if you, if you happen to have aspens, that's the nature of the way they grow. You're just going to have to cut them off when they pop up. Okay, I can do that too. All righty. Well, okay. it sounds like we got All a plan, right. Roland. Hey, enjoy yeah. enjoy the cooler weather up there. I will. I <laughs> really will. <laughs> Thank uh, you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Sarah in Phoenix. But after Sarah, we have wide open phones. We have Julia back here smiling. Give her a call. Number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTR. It's Julia and Brian here every Saturday morning from 7 to 9. And guess what? We have a special guest news person. You'll probably recognize his voice. John Roller is in with us today. So we got the old team back here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92. 2.3 FM KTAR. The wind blew some luck in my direction. I caught it in my hands today. I finally made a tricky French connection. You winked and gave me your okay I'll take you on a trip beside the ocean And drive the top of Chesapeake Bay Ain't nothing like the scatterdose of potion The moon sends you on your way Watch the news 
for my grandma Florcy because when we were young she bought us one but you know she had hopes for us and desires you know my grandfather was a musician she married one of course he couldn't have a traveling band anymore after he married my grandmother I can't imagine why but uh, at any rate none of us were ever very good marimba players but we had fun with it anyway we've got four lines open believe it or not we have Julia back here smiling give her a call 602 Two seven seven five eight two seven. Talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it. And if you got a solution, something different you're doing, something fun you're trying, we would love to hear from you here on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Sarah in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Well, I have one to talk to you about the most popular plant on your show, and that's a citrus tree. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> So I hate to call and ask you again, but I have one of those little dwarf fire lemon trees that I got from like a warehouse store. I've had it several years. I was not very good about watering it or fertilizing it. So it's never done much, but this year I'm fertilizing and watering. But something is eating the bark and I'll get a lemon or two and I water the plant. Next thing I know, they're dried up and dead. Well, the the, the, so the the hard part with the ones that get you know the small container ones, a lot of those aren't even grafted. They're cutting grown Meyer lemons, and yeah. so they're not as vigorous as one that would be grown like in a regular nursery where you would grow it and then graft it and grow one. But it should be fine. It's in a pot or is it in the ground, Sarah? It's in the ground. Okay, and it's been planted for several years. How are you watering it now? Um, well, I try and deep water it, but I've got to kind of like do it in shifts mm-hmm. because. Otherwise, the water just spreads out into the yard. So I'll water it, let it soak in, go back, water it again. And I put probably like probably like an inch of water. I let that soak in. I'll come back, do that again. And I try to do that like three or four times. Well, truthfully, so if, actually, if, if, well, if you water it with, uh, you know, basically you put a hose on it, just let it drip really slow. And let it run oh, okay. for a few hours, then you won't have to fight going back and forth. You can even let it just drip really slow overnight. You know, and once a week should be more than adequate on that if it's been in for quite a while. And then a light dose okay. of fertilizer with something like, you know, if you have citrus foods, great. But if not, you can use miracle Grow or Super Bloom. It really doesn't care much what kind of fertilizer it gets. Um, but you say that the bark's being eaten? 
Yeah, and I don't know if it's bunnies or what. But well, it could be rabbits and it could be rats and it could be ground squirrels. Is it eating it right at the ground level or just kind of up around inside the tree? It's kind of some of both, but like the, I think it is grafted on there, but in those branches right there, the grafted seems to have eaten like half the bark off of those. Okay. So what, it's like one side of the, the, Yeah, it's only one side. It should recover and, you know, come back from that. And is it bushy enough to shade okay. itself? Well, if you'll fertilize it, feed it, feed it once a month. Okay, water it okay. fairly heavy once a week. If you know, you might have to put some like rabbit wire, or, you know, or chicken wire around it to keep the rodents away, and and okay. do that. But this is the perfect time of year for it to grow and recover. You know, and it loves the weather we have right now. So a good dose of fertilizer yeah. today would be in order. And uh, easiest okay. way of life here, if your water's going to run off and you can't build a well there, just put the hose there and let it drip for several hours, real slow, and that. That'll, that'll be fine. Okay. And if you don't want to leave the hose there doing it, you could just take like a five-gallon bucket and drill a little tiny hole in the bottom of it and let it drip out of that, too. But uh, that oh, way it won't okay. run off. So that would work fine as well. But you really want to get it as healthy as you can right now. Meyer lemons are kind of different. It can bloom again like in November. If we get really hot in August, it might even bloom some then. So they can bloom more than once a year. So you still have an opportunity okay. to get more fruit on it. But, you know, the health and vigor of the tree is the main thing. So fertilize once a month, deep water once a week, protected from the critters, and I think you'd be okay. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Have fun. Thanks, Sarah. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Trisha in Mesa. Good morning, Trisha. Good morning to you. I have a red push tree. It's three years old, and it's growing beautifully. But my in my observation, I have two low-hanging branches that instead of growing upward, have decided to grow downward. Mm-hmm. And I am wondering if I can trim those off now, or should I wait till the winter season when it's more in a dormant stage? Well, the best for the tree, uh, Trisha, would be to trim the ends now. So stop them from growing anymore. Okay. So just go out and cut the ends of them off. You stop the growing bud and the tip. It's gonna, you know, the the branch will remain, but it won't grow anymore. And you won't be okay. wasting all this growth, you know, during the course of the year on that okay. limb. And then the best time to prune, you know, decent sized limbs off is in the winter time when they're dormant, like in January. Okay. And my other question is, when when I do cut off the rest of the branch in the winter season, do I need to put anything, uh, a sealer or anything on that? No. Typically, if it's a branch, you know, under a couple inches, not at all. And, well, uh, um, this branch, one of them is about three feet long, and the other one's about two feet at this point. Yeah, but we're talking about the diameter of the, of the limb. Oh, okay. You know, so All right. main thing is when you cut it, you know, when you cut that limb away from the other limb, make sure you leave it out about a half an inch so you're not cutting back into the wood so you don't leave a scar on the other limb. And, Excellent uh, information. And it'll Thank be fine. you. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. Thanks, Tricia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we have Denny in Phoenix. But after Denny, the, the, the you know, y- y'all are just... I can see her back there right now. Poor Julia's is looking lonely. She she's there smiling, looking at the phones, picking through all of her music. You know, she's got all this. I think she writes most of these songs herself. You know, and she's got her music in there and stuff. And and she's got her piano. Next week we're gonna have to bring her in a marimba so that she can play the moonlight song. But anyway, give her a call. She's lonely. Six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Hi, Denny. Good morning, Brian. 
I've got a row of ficus trees. They're uh, they're a dozen strong. They're about 15 feet tall. I've had them here for oh, quite a few years now, but I've lost about 90% of the leaves to white flies. Okay, recently? And I, yes, about a month ago, just started seeing it. So I came in and got the drench product, mm-hmm. and I followed, followed the instructions, and I drenched the soil. Mm-hmm. I'm still losing leaves. Well, the, you know, here the, what I've seen around town, white flies kind of showed up earlier this year, some of the more aggressive varieties, and... Uh, you know, and they definitely create a problem for trees. But I also witnessed huge, uh, you know, crops of uh, lacewings out feeding on the white flies. And uh, mm. that seems to be happening around the valley, too. But, you know, I noticed just driving around yesterday some large ficus that were dropping a lot of foliage. You know, what you really want to do to help the ficus out right now is make sure they get plenty of water. Uh, but they're not going to use as much without as much foliage, but fertilize them right now. So if you'd fertilize them with, like, a citrus food or a 10 10 10, uh, you know, right now, so they have something to grow on. This is perfect weather for them. You know, they should be well, growing like crazy. So I, 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 I was going to say that I came to the store in Glendale when I got, oh, my goodness, about 40 bags of, or 40 pounds of citrus food. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did that. I've been watering. I've had flood irrigation twice since then. Um, I'm also starting to get, try to get the grass to grow. I had to use lawn uh, irrigated, uh, aerated, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm putting a lot of water on the lawn right okay. in front of the ficus trees. I'm just starting to see tiny little leaves popping out finally. Um, but they're they're going to come back, I'm sure. It's just a matter of when. Well, and that water that you put, you know, underneath them, you know, the irrigation's great. But if you'll water them once in between irrigations for a little while. You know, will help. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't need right. it more than once. And the easiest way to water the ficus is with like a soaker hose underneath them. Just throw a soaker yeah. hose in there and let it run overnight, and uh, that's going to yeah. give it more water. But you know, they'll recover. And the white flies do cycle. You know, and they do have predators. But um, and it and it's been kind of hit and miss on the white flies around town. We don't have them in South Phoenix. I don't see them. But up along Glendale Avenue on some big ficus trees right on Glendale, I've seen some, you know, pretty major uh, white fly damage, appears to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over here on uh, 32nd Street near Indian School, mm-hmm. and we just got decimated. Um, uh, on to another thing, yellow bells. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe I heard uh, heard someone on the on the program say that it's a great time to trim them back a little bit. It is in between their bloom weekend. cycles, huh? Yeah, great, great, great. Okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm gonna say a prayer and keep my ficus coming. Hope they're coming back. Well, they'll, they'll come back. You know, I, I've never Great. seen it be lethal to them yet. But what what you want is you want to get foliage on them before it gets really hot. You know, it's going to be 110 next week. But typically mm. when it's hot, you know, ficus will generate the new buds and tips and growth. So if you fertilize them recently, that's great. You know, water them once in between irrigations will be helpful. And uh, I think they'll come right back out. And if, right. you, you, what, you put on, what you put on them was like the bare uh, tree, uh, like systemic, some kind of like something like product like that. Uh, you mean the drench product? Yeah, yeah. It was whatever your your guys recommended. Okay, it yeah. So it and, should uh, it should yeah. be intimidacloripid. So that's systemic, and that's pretty much the best you can do for whitefly. Uh, that's how they keep them out of the, you know, the the crops like the watermelons and things. If they didn't have that, we wouldn't have as many watermelons growing here in Arizona. But um, sure, that that sure. that should work for you, and um, they should pop right back out. Okay, I'll keep you posted. Thank All you, right. Brian. Take care, Denny. Bye bye.
And it looks like John Roller rolled into the studio. Steve Margaret will take you after John tells us what's happened on the earth. Good morning, John. Nice to have you back here on uh, Sunday mornings. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Excellent. Thanks, thanks for being here with us today. <laughs> well, you know, I couldn't sleep, and uh, I'm getting up at 2.45 uh, most days now. And so I said, what the heck? I haven't talked to Brian in a while. Why don't I just drive in and do the news? Oh, come on. Tell the truth. You missed Julia. I do. <laughs> She's way prettier than you are, Brian. Absolutely. And that's for doggone sure. <laughs> Frankie and Johnny were sweethearts. Oh Lord, how they did love. Swore to be true to each other. True as the stars above, he was a man. He wouldn't do her wrong. Frankie went down to the corner just for a bucket of beer. She says, Mr. Bartender, has my loving Johnny been here? He's my man. He wouldn't do me wrong. I don't want to cause you no trouble. I ain't going to tell you no lie. I saw your lover an hour ago with a girl named Ellie Bly. He was your man, but he's doing you wrong. Frankie looked over the transom She saw to her surprise There on a cot said Johnny Making love to Nellie Bly He is my man And he's doing me wrong Frankie drew back her kimono She took out a little 44 Two, two, three times she shot right through that hardwood door Shot her man, he was doing her wrong you got to be careful when you're doing them wrong. I'll tell you what, those little 44s go right through the door. Anyway, happy Sunday morning, folks. Beautiful day out there, and we've got three lines open. The number to give a call for Julia, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Stephen Scottsdale. Good morning, Brian. I have two questions. Uh, number one, I have a large Sago about six feet tall, six or seven feet wide. It's really beautiful, very healthy, but it's just outgrown the space where it is. Um, I wanted to see if if there's any way I could have somebody remove it without killing it. If there's anybody who who would want it, I, I just hate to to kill it, but I I just don't want it in the space that it is. Any recommendations? <laughs> well, Steve, yeah, the, the, the sagos at my house. I was driving down Seventh Avenue one morning, and the fellow was digging this sago out, getting ready to kill it. So I pulled up into his front yard and traded him for a mesquite tree. And being sound oh. of mine, I got a sixty year old sago for a two year old mesquite, and it was a nice trade for me. But yeah. um, you know, there, there's definitely people that can uh, take sagos out, and uh, and they're you know they're worth saving because it takes so long to make a big one like that. Um, you know, if you wanted to uh, basically contact us at our website, we can find somebody to take it out for you. Uh, that would be great. So just email you on the website. Mm-hmm. 
And, okay, uh, good. Yeah, and we could do that. And, uh, you know, we used to have a company called Arizona Saber Tree. We used to transplant all kinds of palm trees and different things. But it's gotten so that anymore with most trees that we grow so many in the farms. And because architects tend to like them, you know, more uniform, we don't really transplant many palms the way we used to. But, yeah. um, you know, it's still doable. And something like a sago is pretty easy to move. And, uh, you know, your success rates in the 99 percentile moving one. So it's, it's not too big a deal. Yeah, well, it's just—it's a beautiful plant. It's very healthy. It's just—it's just too big for the space we have, and I just—I would hate to kill it. So. Has it already popped out its new growth this spring? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Because the other trick is, if you just cut everything off down to the trunk and let it pop out, it'll come back a lot shorter. Well, a little late yeah. now. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> Second question: uh, In the space we have, we're looking at a space roughly uh, twelve feet by twenty feet. It's under under an entry area, um, so it's uh, mostly shade, but mm-hmm. uh, some sunlight. Uh, I, I wondered. We're looking for something to to plant there to replace the sago and some other plants there. Can you recommend anybody that uh, is sort of like a a garden coach that could come out and take a look at it? I don't want a landscape architect. It's not that big a deal. But somebody that would just take a look at the area and say, "Here's some ideas about what you could put here." You know, Steve, what you could do is just bring in uh, some photos with dimensions in the nursery. We have a great staff that'd be happy to help you uh, you know pretty much at any one of our stores um, you know we have uh, Matthew and uh, and Rosendo and a really good staff up at our Glendale store Probably might be the closest to you or if, or if you're closer to southern and south Phoenix you know we've got uh, two or three really good people in there Hugo's great or you can go out to the East Valley the one there and then talk to um, Gabriel or you know or Jennifer they're very knowledgeable too and um, they can certainly show you all different kinds of things the advantage to coming in and take a look at it is you can see the different types of plants you can put in there and okay. touch them and feel them and kind of see how big they grow on different things. And one thing you might like in that shade that, you know, if you like the palm tree before, you might try just doing a cardboard palm, which won't get near as large as the sago did. And, um, you know, they're they're kind of an interesting thing with a little different texture. But there's okay, also... Well, I'm sorry, what kind of a palm It's called that? a cardboard palm. Ah, or you might look at a Dion palm. There's some different Dions that are, you know, kind of like Sagos, but they're smaller. They don't get as big. Yeah. You know, and that Sago was probably there for 20 or 30 years to get that big. So, you know. Yes, but, it, it, it's been here for a good 20 years. Yeah. yeah. In the shade, the Sagos get a lot bigger heads on them. But in the sun, that would reduce the size of the head. But so there's a lot of different options there, the things you could grow. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get flowering, colorful plants in there. But as far as getting some texture, that that's pretty easy to do. Yeah, okay. We usually come into your uh, uh, Glendale store, uh, and you mentioned Matthew and Rosendo. Are they in Glendale? or? Yeah, they're at Glendale. Matthew's there at the Glendale store, and... Um you know, and Rosendo's there, and we've got, there's three or four, you know, in fact, sometimes I'm even there, my wife Janice, and we've got quite a staff in there. So just come in and see us and uh, bring some pictures. We'll be happy to help you. Good deal. Will do. Appreciate your help. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next we have Margaret in Chandler. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Brian. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. Last week you mentioned that the raw chicken manure don't put on the you know food plant because it might contaminate it but can right. i put them uh, to as a fertilizer for 
mature lemon and uh, grapefruit tree? Oh, sure. That You know, Margaret, that's what we do with our orchards is we use a lot of chicken manure for fertilizer. These are not mature, though. I mean, they are just from the chicken farm. Well, the raw is the best. You know, the, if you get it fresh from the chicken farm, it's, it's even yeah. better because it has more nitrogen. You just want to use less of it. So if you're getting fresh manure, you know, it can definitely yeah. burn. And, and, that, and that's great for you telling people, too. We don't want to use fresh, uncomposted manure in a garden that you're going to have anything come in contact with the ground. You can do it as a pre-plant and work it in for the next season. But you don't want to be eating crops of watermelons laying on top of raw chicken manure. A lot of, a lot of bad things could happen there. Okay. And but I can put that. But I you can put it on citrus food. trees. And what, like, okay. our general limitations are, just so you know, like an organic and food safety certification, is you wouldn't yeah. want to put any raw manure on probably within 120 days before you're going to harvest. Okay? So, but now is a great time to put it on because you're not going to harvest any fruit until October, November. So put it on right okay. now. Okay. And then let me ask another question. Is that how do you make them mature so you can use it later? Well, what you do is you compost it, okay? So what you do with the with the manure, you pile it up and you turn it over, okay? And it gets hot all on its own. But the hard part with manure is that a lot of the ammonia basically escapes, so the nitrogen vaporizes or volatilizes, you know, and goes off in the atmosphere. So it's, it's great. It's stronger when it's fresh. You'll get more value out of it when it's fresh because as it volatilizes, most of the nitrogen escapes. And it goes into the mm-hmm. atmosphere. It's the only fertilizer, Margaret, that we've ever had down at the farm. We we were able to get a big, you know, one time there was a kind of a wet season, so we got several truckloads in all at the same time. And we piled mm. at the end of the field, and it came in like wet cement. It was fresh right out of the chicken coops. And just with the prevailing wind, the ammonia that came off the pile turned our fa- mm. palm tree farm iridescent green. But all that fertilizer that escapes from the raw chicken manure, you can utilize and you can put it on under your citrus. Just don't put too much on at one time. Okay. Okay. But can I just put spread all over the, the dirt and yes, then and use just, it? As, and then ho- uh, just hose it in. And the thing about it is if you're spreading it under the tree, as the nitrogen volatilizes and goes up into the air, it goes into the leaves of your tree and actually feeds the tree that way, too. Okay, so it's good for trees, but not good for a plant. Well, you got to be careful. Well, we can't put it. You can't put it into a garden, okay? That you're going to harvest anything that's going to touch the ground with raw manure. The only way to put it into a garden is say if you want to finish the garden season up now, okay? Say you want to finish yeah. for the season, go ahead and put raw manure in it. Turn it over into the garden, okay? So you want to turn it all over with a shovel. Turn it in the garden. Water it all in, okay? And then you could plant in that garden next year in the fall. But you'd have to oh, have at least you have to have at least four months, okay, with that raw oh, manure in there. Yeah, but okay. like four months this time, but a minimum of four months, and you'd want to turn okay. it all in the garden, okay? But you can't, okay. you know. But but raw manures you have to be a lot more careful with, you know. When you buy yeah. composted manures like the ones we sell, they've already been piled up in a big pile and turned and heated, so they get really hot, so they kill all the pathogens, and that's how it works okay. in the composting process. It's a little harder for you to do at home, so you know if you'll just make sure that you don't plant anything that's going to come in contact with the soil for at least four months after you put it in. And if you turn it into the soil, you should be fine. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. you. Bye bye. Uh, We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Mark, Richard, Mike, and Mike on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Be right back after the break. In the meantime, we do have one line open. You can call Julia at 602 277 5827 Tom Jones, beautiful morning out there. Want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields because it's not going to be as beautiful next weekend. You might want to come out and see us today. We're open today from uh, 10 to 4. But if you need trees, any kind planted in one little shade before it gets too hot, now is a great time to plant desert trees or palms like American mesquites or ironwood trees or Palo Verdes or any kind of palm tree from a date palm to a tropical-looking mule palm to a Bismarckia palm. Or maybe you want to plant a native, a California fan palm. Okay, I didn't name the states and neither did the palm tree, but it's it's our only native palm tree here in Arizona. Anyway, at Whitfields, we grow thousands of trees on hundreds of acres right here in Arizona. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. Come out and see us, and we'll help you grow your own oasis in the desert. Uh, let's see next up, Mark and Chandler. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning. Um, as I trim my purple leaf for height and size and shape, is it okay just to, I'll call it a hedge cut, just chop off towards the top, or do I really want to follow that quarter-inch branch down to the node where it's coming out from? Well, you know, you can, I love to prune. You know, I, I'm an addict, I'm pruning, and I'm terrible at cleaning up. So <laughs> if I've got somebody to follow me, I'll prune, prune all day. And when I get tired of the world, uh, you know, my relief is to go prune something. And I really do enjoy pruning. But, you know, when you prune it, you want to prune with a purpose. You want to, When you're cutting limbs, you want to think about why you're going to cut them, where you're going to cut them, and what you're going to produce, you know. And if you go it's through... Mostly because, it's mostly because I might have two or three that are shooting up wave taller than the other one, mm-hmm. and I just want to kind of 
even out how it looks. Yeah, so, so on a purple yes, leaf plum, actually, and even this time of year, you know, you can grow into the central leader and cut it down shorter, okay? And and the ones that come further down the sides, you can thin them. But what I would do is I wouldn't give it a flat butch haircut, you know, like a GI haircut with a flat top. It'll be a lot healthier for the tree if you go in and select them and thin some of the limbs down lower so that it's not as dense up on top and take the main leaders down and reduce their size. And that's going to leave you with a nicer form as the tree comes back out than if you sh- cut the top off. Now, the thing about a tree like a purple leaf plum, it's not a really big tree. We're not worried about structural strength or any of those kind of things. It's mostly all for appearance. And what kind of the thought is, is when you can prune a tree, Mark, and nobody can tell you pruned it, you've done a great job. Okay, so try to find where that little quarter-inch branch is. Well, yeah, and you, and you can just reduce its size. And you, can, and you can do that this time of year with a purple plum, too. It's not going to hurt it because it's going to have less to have to feed. You know, with moderation, I wouldn't cut it back more than 20% right now. And you don't want to expose wood to the sun, so you don't want to trim it up. But to control its top growth and size, you know, thinning it down for the top now is fine. Got it. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, Michael in Glendale. Hello, Michael. Hi, how you doing? Great, sir. Um, I got three very big overgrown ficus trees in the yard, mm-hmm. and I really want to trim them back. And I was wondering, how far can I trim them back without doing them harm? Well, here's the thing, Mike. This isn't a great time to butcher them, okay? You don't want to okay. expose the wood to the sun. The best time, if you really want to reduce their size, is next year and, and pruning them like the first of March. Okay, and then if you really okay. want to butcher them, you know, and take them down, reduce their size fifty percent or more, that's fine. If you want to prune them a little bit right now to control some of the growth, so they don't get a lot bigger during the growing season this summer, that's okay. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to expose the big limbs and wood to the sun this time of year because it can right. sunburn very easily. We're going to get into the longest days of the year, or only fifteen days away, you know, and that's typically when we're going to have the hottest, most intense sunlight without the humidity. And that's going to harm ficus. So you don't want to prune them real hard right now. Best time to really butcher them is in the early spring. Moderate pruning, though, is fine. As long as you're pruning them and you're leaving enough foliage to protect the wood, you're okay. Right. And then also, like, the roots on the bottom, you can see a lot of the roots on the bottom. Mm -hmm. How do I cover that up? Mulch or topsoil or... Well, you know, a lot of times it's they'll have a lot of roots close to the surface depending on how you water, okay? And up close to the base of the trunk, no matter how you water, you might have some. But, you know, if you water deep, and so is it lawn or rocks or what's around your tree? um, One's on rocks, the other two are on lawn. Okay. And how do you water your lawn? Um, I got sprinklers. Mm -hmm. And how often do you run them? Um, it's on a time I don't really know to tell you the truth. I think it goes like on like three or four days a week. Okay. So what you want to do with your sprinkler timer just to keep the roots down as much as you can, the ficus, is to go ahead and put... The problem is your ficus are taking up the water by the surface because you've been running your sprinklers a lot. But you want to put an inch of water on your lawn at a time and then shut your sprinklers down and then take a screwdriver and push in the ground and water again. It might be, though, because you have those big ficus there and so many surface roots 
that you have to water that often because that's how it's all been developed. But when you right. prune these trees back next winter, you can cut some of those big surface roots if you want to away and change your watering pattern on your tree because it's not going to use near as much water with the tree reducing size. And then if you'll water it correctly with your lawn, you'll kind of balance everything out a lot better. Um, but for right now, you prune it back some. You know, you can prune it back as long as you don't expose the wood to the sun. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Uh, Richard in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Quick what? question. Yes, sir. Santa Rosa plum trees. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have those? Uh, we may have some right now. I'm not sure how many plums we've got left. Um, I would recommend, if you wanted to plant them, though, Richard, I would wait till fall. You know, you'd be better off planting them in October than now. Well, that answers that. Uh, just quick question. Do you guys come out and install them and everything? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, we, we deliver plant and guarantee. We've been doing it for a long, long time, over 40 years now here in the Valley. I've been doing it myself. And, uh, yeah, we'll deliver plant and guarantee them. And uh, Santa Rosa is a good plum. It's a little more tart. You know, but you could do right. Santa Rosa. Beauty are good. If you're going to grow a Santa Rosa, you could mix it even with a sat, Satsuma or a Melody Plum, too. So there, there's, you know, several different plums. Santa Rosa works fine here. If you like Santa Rosa, it does well. But don't plant oh, yeah, it now. Wait, wait and plant it in love October. That, love that tartness of the Santa yeah, Rosa. Yeah, if you like that tart flavor. We used to have one that was beside a mulberry tree over a grape vineyard that we, you know, a little grape arbor that I used to shoot up, sit up at the top of it, eat the plums and mulberries and shoot the birds. <laughs> it was great a good, times. it was great times. Yeah. Having all that bait there between the plums and the, and the grapes and the mulberries. It was, it was a happy hunting ground. The best part right. was, Richard, I had a 87 year old great grandmother who would cook them for me and she would encourage me to go get more and bring them in. And uh, so we ate a few oh, yeah, we used to <laughs> Wash them, take a basket on the table, and uh, my wife's sister baked a, like a plum pudding that was really delicious. And <laughs> I, I love Santa Rosa plums, and about time I get another tree. Well, yeah, well, the perfect been, time to plant them in the fall, though. We'll definitely have them then. I'll write a note on my calendar. All right. Thanks, Richard. You betcha. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Patrick in PV. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Brian. Yes, Brian, sir. I got a real productive uh, raised bed with tomatoes in it. And in that row of, um, of bushes, one of, them, one of them died quickly. I pulled it out, and it had root knot nematodes. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's at the end of the tomato season. I, I don't know how much longer they're going to produce, but I need to... I need to get rid of those nematodes. You know what you can probably do right now, solarize in your garden, Patrick, because if you're not going to plant anything for the rest of the summer, you could bring some plastic in, heat it up. It's in a raised bed? Yeah, it's a raised bed. Yeah, you could bring water down, put plastic in, heat it up. It'll get hot enough to kill the nematodes. How long do you think that would take? Uh, Six weeks. Yeah, you might as well leave it for the, you know, there's no reason to try to plant again until August. So by yeah, the by okay. the time it'll be planting season, you'll have the nematodes gone. Kind of funny that one bush died, the others look healthy. Well, the nematodes and, uh, aren't necessarily lethal, even though the root knot nematodes are pretty common here. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, one celebrity died, and the, the others two right next to them look good and healthy, four feet high. And um, but it was moved by nematodes. So. Well, it might have been going through you know divorce proceedings over there in court in Los Angeles and having a rough time being a celebrity. 
Yeah, yeah, they have. Okay, so about, <laughs> but about yeah. six weeks. Uh, yeah, think? if you'll I solarize it, it, just put black pepper, water it heavy, put black plaster over it, solarize it, and by the time it's ready to plant again in August, you won't have any nematodes left. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, Julia started the music, so that means we can't take any more callers until after we find out what's happening with John Rohr in the news. Uh, Chris, you'll be up next in Elaine after the break. And while we're gone, we do have three lines open. The number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTR, you can give Julia a call. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams or your nightmares. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM. KTR live from beautiful Sunny Slope, Arizona.